Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Man, it is a busy day. Welcome, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, you can watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, we have some breaking news, and this came out about an hour ago, and I'm not talking about the schedule release. Jerry Judy was arrested in Arapahoe County late this morning, early afternoon. He has been charged with second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, which is a Class II misdemeanor and carries a sentence of 120 days in jail and or up to $750 in fines. However, with the way he has been charged, that could increase the potential punishment if he is indeed convicted. Judy, by the way, will stay in jail until he sees a judge because this involves domestic violence. So what is this charge exactly and what does it mean? Uh, It means when a person tampers with property of another with intent to cause injury, inconvenience, or annoyance. The word enhancer describes Judy's relationship with his accuser. And that's why that could be enhanced in terms of the charges. How concerned should the Broncos be about this? Well, I mean, the fact that it's a misdemeanor, even though you've got the uh, the domestic violence enhancement means it doesn't mean that there was domestic violence per se. It means that it was a domestic incident. So like it was with somebody that is fa- like it's family or a close relationship. Right. So, I mean, it could literally be as sim- based on the... Uh, on how that charge is defined, it could be something as simple as that he 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 threw her phone or he threw he threw the phone of his significant other or someone in in the family uh, out of the out of the window and it got run over on this by a car. It could be as simple as that. We we don't know at this point, but given given how given the NFL's uh. Uh, policies on uh, on player conduct, it does mean even though this is down the list of uh, of priorities here, it does mean that Jerry Judy's probably facing a suspension if he's convicted. Could be, or maybe even if he's not convicted, if there's just enough there uh, because you can be suspended without a conviction. Okay, with that, uh, part of the schedule has been released. The Broncos will open the season on the road Monday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. You and I have been talking about that. This is expected to be the first game for Joe Buck and Trey Aikman. Game two will be the home opener against the Houston Texans. So now we have two games that we know about. So let's talk about the opener. What do you think about Wilson playing his first game back in Seattle? And with the possibility, I mean, how how tasty is this? With Drew Locke potentially taking the opening snaps for the Seahawks against the Broncos. Number three if he against starts. what could have been number three. Yeah, if he starts, I mean, there's no guarantee that he that he starts there. Geno Smith is actually making a little bit is actually making a couple million dollars more money in salary than Drew Locke. And Pete Carroll has said that Geno Smith is ahead. Hold on, of Drew Locke. <clears throat> Hold on. Yeah. 
Uh, how much has money played into Pete Carroll's decision when it comes to who the starting quarterback is? Because when you look at the history oh, yeah. of Pete Carroll, they had Matt Flynn on a huge contract and some rookie by the name of Russell Wilson beat him out. You're not comparing Russell Wilson and Drew Locke, are you? I'm not comparing. What I'm saying <laughs> is if you're talking about money, because that's what you brought up, but I think money it's, has it's, nothing to do with it, it when it comes to Pete Carroll. But it's a combination, but it's money. But I think the other thing is that Geno Smith has a year a year of experience in the system. Oh, that's under fine. Shane Waldron. But money has nothing so, to do with, I, with Pete but Carroll. I, but I, before we start saying, oh, it's yeah. Drew Locke versus Russell no, Wilson. No, I'm not saying that at all. I don't think, I think everyone needs to kind of back I'm off on that. I'm saying it could that. be. It could be. Right. But if they were starting today, Geno Smith would be under center. Who are you rooting for? Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Do we Geno, have, Geno, the, Geno Smith has, uh, has, has had his dalliances with flat earth theory in the past. I'm... If I have to pull for either one, I'm pulling for Drew Locke. Why? Uh, I think because you want to see him succeed or you want to see him fail. And let's be honest, I don't care either way. I, I look, I, I hope he does well. Even though, even though it means the Broncos would be wrong, even though it means that some of us, including myself, would have been wrong about the assessment, I would like to see Drew Locke do well. So, I'm, more con- I, I'm more concerned with how he does than being right, if that makes any sense. So, I know a lot of people don't feel that way. Right? I do. So you're, you're good. Now, it's all about the Broncos winning, right? So if Drew Locke goes out there and completes 69% of his passes for 350 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, yet the Broncos win, you're just going to look at it as, oh, the Broncos won? I think you'll say, wow. <laughs> you'll you'll well, no. say more than wow. You'll, you'll, I think. What the hell were the Broncos how, doing how with did, this guy? How did, what Russell, you'll say. how did Russell Wilson do, number one? Number two, one thing that we have seen from Drew Locke is that uh, he had, you know, early starts, his, like his first start of 2020 against Tennessee was pretty good. His first starts of 2019 against uh, the Chargers and Houston were good to terrific. I would say if that happens, hey, that's great for him. What comes next? Because Locke's history is that he's had trouble sustaining it after a great performance. We've seen these peaks, but can he follow that up without crashing into the valley? That's what I think we would be saying after that first game if it turned out that way. Now, let's say Drew Locke had that kind of performance and the Broncos lost. It would be George Payton's worst day on the job as Broncos GM. Worst day. His worst day to that singular point. day. Yes, it's a day. It's a day. I'll tell you something. If and and the other thing is, if Russ Wilson, if Russell Wilson plays well and the Broncos lose that game, I think they'll still be okay. The concern I would have, frankly, if Drew Locke does that, would be for the Broncos' defense. That would be, I think, the story as much of a story as Drew Locke playing well in a game like that. It would be like you guys shredded by a guy that you know, you know his strengths, know his weaknesses. And he dropped the hammer on you. What's wrong with this defense? I'll tell you what we're going to see. You and I are only doing two more days of shows. But you're going to be around to probably see this game. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you're... I'm not, hopefully I'm not dying anytime soon. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I know. I'll tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see... Paxton Lynch against Trevor Simeon, Teddy Bridgewater against Drew Locke type of attitude around here. What you're going to see is, mark my word, when we are not working together and maybe you're working someplace else, 
Remember this conversation. Okay. Oh, you'll come up. I, I'm sure you're going to remind me of this. No, I won't because I won't. I, I mean, I'll see you out. That's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll see you out. We will probably have this conversation in private and over the phone the, in a few months if this happens. This is what you are going to see if Drew Locke is indeed <laughs> the starter. You're going to have the pro Drew people hoping he plays great. Not necessarily he wins, but he plays great to prove those Locke supporters right. And then you're going to have the Drew Locke detractors feasting if Drew Locke plays poorly. Oh, yes. It's going to be like another quarterback battle. But what it's going to do is it's going to split, essentially, Broncos country again. Either we were right about Drew Locke that he can play, or we were right about Drew Locke that he stinks. And oh, by the way. That's the game And oh, story. by the way, if Russell Wilson starts off good but not great, like some guy named Peyton Manning did 10 years ago, mm-hmm. even like Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay his first couple of games before he started to kick it into fifth gear, then you know what you're going to hear. You're going to hear the same things that you actually heard 10 years ago. Remember, there were people who did say, and you saw it, and I saw it. You heard it, and I heard it. Well, the Broncos should have kept Tebow. They never should have gotten Peyton Manning. And I and yes, if Russell Wilson is good but not great, but Drew Locke comes out like a house on fire in week one in Seattle, there will be people who say that. No question. Is this, Just get ready. Is this a good game for Wilson to start his Broncos career with? Is this the game you would have picked, or would you hope it would have been later on in the season? I would have picked the Houston game to start with. Well, it'll be the second game. Yeah. I t- and by the way, that's I, the first of what I believe will be at least five nationally televised games on the right. schedule that'll be out in less than two hours. And here's the other th- the thing that kind of is looming over this. Number one, I like to see the quote-unquote easier games spread out. And yes... I think Seattle is not a bad opening for Russell Wilson. I think it's this has ripped the Band-Aid off. Just one, you know, one pull, boom. Okay, first game, you get the whole Seattle thing out of the way. Um, I do think though that it will probably be a little more hostile of an environment than it would have been if it had been in say Week Nine or Week Ten. If the Seahawks are three and six and you play them in November, then Everyone up there is missing Russell Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But they're zero and zero, and their fans have been drinking the hopium of Geno Smith, uh, Drew Locke, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to come in, opt even. Hey, e- look, we've seen this in Broncos country. Even when there was nothing expected, of the team people still came into the season with a sense of optimism and hope in those early games, right? Let's, they'll have they'll have right. that for this game, and so you're you are going to get a hostile environment. Well, let's think about for a minute just how much ESPN wanted this game. They wanted this game so badly. It starts at five fifteen in the afternoon in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's how badly they wanted this game. A West Coast game. That's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. A West Coast game. Yes, as far west as you could possibly get. If we have any more updates on the schedule, we will certainly pass that along to you. Uh, So now you know, just to update, in case you just joined us, the Broncos will open the season Monday night football. It'll be the first 
game call for Joe Buck and Trey Aikman. Boy, we remember those days where the number one team was always calling Broncos games. Mm-hmm. First game out of the hop with Russell Wilson. Here we go. Buck and Aikman in their inaugural game on ESPN. And then the second game will be a home game against the Houston Texans. And I don't think any reasonable person believes the Broncos are going to start 0-2 or 1-1. I think you're putting those in the bank and saying, okay, we're getting off to a strong start because and we'll talk about this later on in the show. I have a feeling when you look at the end of the schedule, when that comes out, it is going to be an absolute buzzsaw. Coming up after the break, dating back to 2018, the Broncos have played games against division opponents in at least two of the final three games. Remember what I just said? There's your hint for what we're going to talk about. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP. Dot com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. I did my estate plan. I did my living will through him. I waited way too long to do it. And fortunately, I did get that done because I don't want the courts deciding what happens. I don't want a doctor that I don't know deciding what happens. If God forbid, you know, I'm in a state where I can't make decisions for myself. Uh, working with Dan uh, it, it w- was one of the best experiences I've had. I had a lot of questions. He answered them all. You know, listen, I could have probably saved money and gotten to like LegalZoom.com, but I can't ask them questions, and I don't want to make any mistakes. This is something that is super important, and I want to make sure I'm working with somebody who's been doing this for a long time and is really good at what he does. So if this sounds like you were someone you know, and whether you're single or married or you think, I don't have a lot of assets, you should really talk to Dan and see if you need to get something done. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. That's the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303 790 8089. That's 303 790 8089. Well, Nathaniel Hackett already talking about the opener. Uh, This from the Broncos, talking about Russell Wilson, week one, going back to where he started his career. He said, we get to rally around Russell and support him, be there for him, get a great plan for him, get him fired up and excited to be able to play within himself and do what Russell does. I got a feeling he is going to be all amped up for this game. And you know what happens when you're amped up? Sometimes you're a little too excited. And the ball sails on yep. you. I, 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 you know what do you what? want to bet the first plays a run? To set, I, it better be. To set, <laughs> but not not a tight end end around like Rich no, Gangarello did. No, not Rich Gangarello stuff. No, but uh, a nice, solid uh, off tackle, off tackle run. Guard pulls, guard pulls. Could be Gordon. Could be Javante Williams. Who knows? 
but I think that's how you start the season. I'll give you I'll give you another way to start it. First play of action. All, um, you could go play at or roll them out. Mm-hmm. Have get a nice dump off pass, a nice easy one for about six yards. Just get them in get the flow. Get a rhythm. Yep. Right away. Yeah. Right away. By the way, let's go back to what Draymond Jones said on April nineteenth about playing against Shelby Harris. He said, "I can't wait to play Shelby this year in Seattle and whoop his tail too." Well, we're gonna find out right out of the gate, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it was funny, like. Uh, you rather not going head to head. Did you see uh, Shelby kind of got into it with some people on Twitter uh, yesterday? I did not uh, because uh, he he responded to the numbers being issued by the Broncos and said crazy because ninety six is back in circulation. And uh, then and then a, another person responded to him about uh, hey you can't really expect the, the to retire your number and then Shelby kind of took offense with that and you know I mean. It was it was all kind of childish. Shelby's better. Shelby's better than that. Right. He ought to know. He he ought to know the NFL stands for not for long. Right. I mean, hey, he knew it better than anybody. He was hanging on for a while. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And oh, by the way, he can't have ninety six in uh, Seattle anymore because uh, Cortez Kennedy that's retired for him, so he's now number ninety three. By the way, just on a side note, you know I've been critical of Noah Fant and how he's maybe at best a willing blocker. Yeah. You think he's going to block his ass off in this game? I think he'll have the best blocking game of his life. I think so, too. I think uh, we a storyline we might be talking about the next day in our various precincts is uh, that Noah Fant held, did well against Bradley Chubb and or Randy Gregory. You think he short arms it when he goes over the middle? Because, you know, there are going to be plenty of guys who look at, I'm sorry. Kareem, look, what, Kareem Jackson? Well, think of... Guided listen, missile? <laughs> make no mistake about it. The guys in that locker room don't necessarily look at Noah Fant as soft, but they certainly don't look at him as a rock. And I bet guys like Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons are hoping he comes over the middle. Josie Jewell, you want to come over the middle, pal? Okay. Iowa against Iowa? Let's see how this works out. <laughs> Now, granted, Josie will likely be chasing him down because he better make sure that he's in front of Noah because Noah will get by him. And I'm sure they'll be looking to have a game plan where they can find a way to get that matchup. Right. No doubt about it. Okay, with that, we know the beginning of the schedule. The Broncos are going to open the season. Monday Night Football against Seattle. Game two is going to be against the Houston Texans at home. We don't know the full schedule yet, but we do know week 16 – The Broncos are going to be playing on Christmas against the L.A. Rams. Now, let's go back and look at how the NFL has put together their schedule since 2018, in which they have loaded up with division games at the end. Last year, the Broncos finished with three consecutive division games. Since 2018, two of the final three games have been division games. So, week 16 against the defending champs. Mm-hmm. Would not surprise me one bit if it's a combination of the Raiders, the Chiefs, or the Chargers. If the Broncos happen to go into that game with a 7-7 seven and seven record, or an 8-6 and six record, or how about a 9-5 and five record, how good do you feel about them making the playoffs? 9-5, and five, I still feel pretty good. I do too. What, I think 10-7 ten, ten is going to get you home. How about 8-6? and six? Uh, Ooh, you, 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 like a, you kind of blinked there. I'll tell you what. 
where are the games after that taking place? If they're both in Denver, I like their chances. But at least one will be because they're not going to finish three games on the road. Right. And there are some reports out there saying that uh, the Broncos will close at home with the Chargers in Week 18. Okay. But what if that means you're playing at Kansas City in Week 17 on New Year's Day? Do you believe in fate? Do you believe in fate? Why? When's the last time the Broncos closed the regular season against the Chargers? Uh, that would be 2000 and 2015. Oh. That was the uh, Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler Peyton, Peyton Manning Ooh, game. Do you believe in that? Uh, Even you're surprised I remembered that. And you know what? I'm surprised I remember that's, that. That, in my opinion, is the most goosebump-inducing moment ever at Empower Field at Mile High. Right. When Manning came off the bench. That was, even though he wasn't limping, that was... That was Willis Reed coming into the game. Right. So right now, the way the schedule sets up, it's kind of similar to last year. You had a feeling they were going to start 3-0. and And honestly, they have no excuses not to start 2-0. and You happy with the way this schedule is lining up? Um, and there are some reports out there that Week 3 is going to be against who? San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. And where's that game going to be? That'd be here in Denver. Mm-hmm. And... That's a tough game, but it's a game you should win. But based on some of the leaks that we're seeing out there right now, and just what we know, okay, we know Seahawks week one, we know Texans week two. We know Jaguars week eight in London. Mm -hmm. There are reports that the Jets game is in week seven here right before they go to London, right? Right. And And by the way, can I add? There are reports of the of the Panthers in Charlotte on Thanksgiving, and what and those are the Broncos don't have free spaces. I I don't believe any team has a free space on the board, but those are the five games you looked at and said, okay, they should win those games, right? By the way, and they're all done by week twelve. So what you're looking at right now is likely a six game stretch at the end of the season that is. Brutal. Right. By the way, as a side note, I was told that the Broncos were hoping to play in Carolina right before they went to London. Right. So they could stay for a couple of days, practice out there, and then take a a flight to London that is about an hour and a half shorter than the flight would be from DIA. And it is my understanding the reason why it did not work out is because there happens to be a big convention in Charlotte at that time. And they didn't know if they would have the hotel space. Interesting. It's in, well, I'll tell you what's interesting is, is that when you put together the schedule, I don't know how in the hell they do that. Well, but it, it, it's got to be pretty in-depth and pretty difficult to do when you got to look at concerts. Is there going to be a convention in town? I, it is my understanding the Broncos were hoping to play in Carolina. Well, but now they got to start. In, now they got to play a, probably a home game against Denver. I mean, a home game in Denver. Yeah. I mean, and it could be worse. They didn't have to go to the East Coast. Or they didn't have to go to the West Coast. That's what you were worried, you're most worried about. Right. But, like, for example, yeah, but this sort of thing, like, there are all, there. each team inevitably has requests on the schedule that are based on things like that. Because it's funny that you mentioned Carolina. For a long time, they the Panthers, and I, I, I used to work for the team, so this is, you can trust this is fact. For a long time, the Panthers used to always request to be on the road on the weekend of the Charlotte NASCAR race mm-hmm. in the fall. There's two races at Charlotte Motor Speedway 
One is on Memorial Day weekend, the 600, and then there's one, there's one in the fall. They used to always request to be on the road for that just because, again, kind of the hotels and the logistics and uh, and everything that, that goes on. Um, I don't know what the convention is that in Charlotte that weekend, but certainly we saw last year the Broncos had their travel plans sort of thrown asunder by a preponderance of weddings right. in the Pittsburgh area. And they weren't BSing because for that trip, I ended up staying about 35 miles outside of Pittsburgh for, to cover that game. As far as the bye week goes, again, the schedule has not been released. When you play a game in London, you have the ability to request the bye week after the game in London. It is my understanding the Broncos have requested that. Mm-hmm. So that will be roughly, you know, November 6th, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um I'll t- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by the way, their games in Munich. It's my understanding they did not request a bye week after their game in Munich. I wonder if Seattle did. Don't know. But given it's, I mean, that's a, a hell one of a hell of a long, flight. A hell of a long flight from Munich to Seattle. Right. Yeah. Um, I I can say this with about ninety percent certainty, ninety percent certainty, mm-hmm. that the Thursday night game for the Broncos will be on November. Will be week thirteen. It'll be way down the road. Way down, and I like. And I'll tell you what's interesting about that. If if that is the case, it would be at home, mm-hmm. but it would come after an East Coast game. Okay. Because at, according to reports, that the some reports out there, I believe there's reports coming from North Carolina that Carol that Carolina is the game in Week 12 immediately before Thursday Night Football. So right. you would have, first of all, that's where you're actually hoping for an early game rather than a late game. You're hoping right. for. 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the kickoff, so you can get back at a reasonable hour with that short turn, that quick turnaround, the short week coming up after that. Right. Uh, the first week of the schedule has been released. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Bills and the Rams on Thursday night. I believe we were talking about that game. Wow. We were. I believe we were talking about wow. that game love when it. I was down at the owners' meetings. I told it. you that was the buzz. Oh, love it! Was that it was that it was going to be Buffalo, L.A. for Week One on Thursday Night Football? Sunday Night Football game, Bucks against the Cowboys. That's, That's a good one too. Uh, they want to start with a splash, right? The, with, with with these games, and uh, I mean, it's funny. Kind of the least of the splashes of these national games for Week One is Russell Wilson going back to Seattle, right? But it says a lot about the quality of uh, week one. I believe believe Rich Eisen described it as filet mignon for week one. Here is a little bit of a surprise. There's going to be a divisional game in the AFC West week one. Chargers-Raiders. Chargers-Raiders week one. Why not? I mean, I'm I'm not saying why not. I'm saying it's interesting. That's great. It's great. Patriots play the Dolphins. That's another divisional game. Also, whoever wins that game instantly has a leg up. Right. That's that that it's actually fascinating because it gives on the positive side both teams have the opportunity to kind of get to kind of move to pole position as it were for first place in the AFC West. Right. Whoever wins that game, I think if you're talking about a favorite, maybe a slight favorite because they're going to have that one huge win in the bag. Whereas who are the Chiefs opening with in week? Cardinals. And that is that game in Arizona. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's an interesting game right yes, there. Yes, it is. Because the positive for the Chiefs is they don't see DeAndre Hopkins. The negative is they get the Cardinals when they're usually very good, which is right out of the blocks. Right. By so, the way, I just that, saw that, something. That's, and that's another thing. Uh, like, 
historically speaking, because of the fade of Cliff Kingsbury teams going back to when he was at Texas Tech, you want to see the Cardinals late. We have not seen anything leaking as of yet as for when the Cardinals-Broncos game is going to be. But that might be one where if you see that towards the end, the Broncos would have caught a little bit of a break. Coming up after the break, we'll have more schedule updates for you as they are leaked, for lack of a better phrase, and, uh, you know, per leaks and uh, NFL's own release of, you know, what has been going on, you know, the Broncos playing on Christmas. Uh, Let's talk about Christmas Day Mm -hmm. and the quarterbacks playing on Christmas Day. The hell of a day. And generally speaking, all these quarterbacks have something in common. We'll talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale alum to the public, go to rmfp.com. Yeah, we've been talking a lot, of course, about the uh, NFL schedule. And uh, I think one thing that's worth noting is how these teams open up. You mentioned in the last segment that they're in week one, you're going to get Chargers Raiders mm-hmm. right out of the blocks. Yep. Okay. The Raiders open with the Chargers and the Cardinals. The Chiefs open with the Cardinals and then the Chargers. And the Chargers open with the Raiders and the Chiefs. And, and the, the Broncos, Broncos get a nice 2-0 start. Yes, with, with Seattle and Houston. So the Broncos expect them to be in first place, perhaps all by themselves, right? after two weeks. Well, but then the flip side of that is what we've been talking about. The seasons is, yeah. uh, to call it a buzzsaw is insulting all buzzsaws. There are no breathers after week 12, weeks 13 to 18, based on just kind of playing the Sudoku on the schedule and who's left, weeks 13 to 18 are going to be probably the toughest run into the end of the season that this team has ever had. Listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't know how the schedule maker puts together the schedule, but do you think maybe the league said, Russell Wilson's in his first year, new coaching staff, Let's give them a breather to start. Eventually, they're going to have to play hard games. By week 12, by week 12, well, they will know who they are, and now they go into really the teeth of their schedule. I think the schedule makers did the Broncos a huge favor, and they did not have to. What if they were starting the season against the Chiefs and the Chargers? You can make the case because it's a new coaching staff and Russell Wilson's in his first year. And we saw what happened here in 2012 where the Broncos started two and three, but went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's a little bit of a gift. Maybe. And you know what? The chances are the Broncos aren't going to be overconfident if they are a playoff team because they're going to take some hits down the stretch. And... They put, they, you know what it's yeah, like? The vast majority of teams that won it all got had some bumps in those those last five games, lost a couple of games, including all three Broncos champions. If we equate wins to money, 
The Broncos better put all their money in the bank and don't spend it because at the end of the season, they might have to start paying out with losses. They better build up a record and a really good record. By the way, we have some breaking news on Jerry Judy. This uh, from our friend Benjamin Albright. Judy is currently set to appear in Division 101 court tomorrow morning at 930 uh, there was no bond for him, so he will be staying the night in jail. Yeah, his uh, his court date will be at 9.30 a.m. tomorrow morning, according to the Arapahoe County uh, Sheriff's Office, which actually has the uh, the, char- the, the charges uh, listed on their on their website and his booking number and, uh, and everything like that. Uh, the, it is the second-degree criminal tampering with the domestic violence uh, add-on and uh, misdemeanors all around. And this news coming from Mike Kliss. Uh, sources tell him at Nine News that uh, Byron Allen, media tycoon and entertainer in his group, is one of five candidates to buy the Broncos. Allen will visit the Broncos facility soon. According to Cliss's source, Allen is backed by a handful of investors. But we all know who the lead horse is, which is Secretariat, which is Rob Walton. Yeah, but there are people in the NFL, again, it's not up to the NFL, there are people in the league office who would like to see Byron Allen win this, but yep. the way the Bron- the way the Broncos sale is structured, au- auction style, it doesn't necessarily favor favor that from happening. But I think uh, for Byron Allen and his group, it, they may fall short this time, but uh, I think they would be on standby pretty quickly for the next team uh, that comes available. By the way, if uh, you are planning on watching football on Thanksgiving, here are your slate of games. Uh, Bills against the Lions. That'll be the early game. Lions always lead it off. The Giants will take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys always get the second game. Of course, that's at home. And then it'll be the Patriots against the Vikings in the nightcap. It's not really a great slate on paper right now. No, you know, those, you, first, those no. first two games could be pretty decisive. Yep. Uh, in in favor of Buffalo and Dallas. Right. Minnesota, New England. I mean, that's, that's kind of a who knows type game. They both might be in contention. They both might be... Uh, uh, might be four and six. By the way, are, are you going to get to um, Darcy Kemper and just in case you missed it? I was hoping to, yeah. Good, because I was about to spill the beans, but I'm not going to. So what's coming up on Ooh. just in case you missed it? Well, we have some big news on the Avs goalkeeper. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the playoff series tonight that could be closed out across the NBA and NHL. That's all coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale. Go to rmfp.com. Got some more breaking news. May start us off. Yeah, we said there were some rumblings about this. We can confirm it. The Broncos game immediately before they go to London, that's week seven, is going to be at home against the New York Jets. So they'll play the Jets, and then they'll go to London, take on the Jaguars. 
So it's very interesting. You have the opening stretch, Seahawks, then Texans. Week 7 and 8, you have Jets, then Jaguars. Your five games that you probably on paper thought were the easy, the easiest on the schedule, mm-hmm. and four of them are in couplets. Right. Okay, also breaking news. At a press conference on Jerry Judy getting arrested, Rappo County Sheriff Tyler Brown said the Judy incident involved the mother of his one Year, one month old daughter. Uh, thus, the domestic violence charge. No physical contact was made. Charge of criminal tampering stemmed from the removal of property. At 10.15 this morning, Sheriff said they were called by a woman saying Jerry had control of something of hers and she could not access it. Hmm. And you said you thought it was a phone, and but I said, you said to you in the break, well, then how did she call? Then probably then maybe like an iPad or a laptop or something like that, some other piece of I mean, you're trying to think of like. Let's not speculate. Let's not speculate. I'm just saying, like, what could, you know, what is something that could be like controlled like that? And the reason why you think that is maybe you to delete something, perhaps. I'm not going to even speculate on that. Speculation. Usually I'm the speculator. Yeah, I know. Now you're the speculator. Where do you think I, uh, I, I, uh, Learned it Learned from. from, right? Uh, That's a good one. Well, on your next job, make sure you take that type of attitude, see how it works out for you. Might work out pretty well. (laughs) Probably will. All right, time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, a lot of closeout games potentially tonight in the NBA and NHL playoffs. We have Heat at Sixers, 5 o'clock p.m. on ESPN, and the Suns at the Mavericks, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Either road team closing out tonight, or are we going to get a game seven or two? Miami, I think, is going to close it out tonight. They're really good. Then again, again, I've been talking about the uh, Boston Celtics, and I will give you tons of credit. You said they have championship medals. Hard to argue the because Bucks they, the, the Bucks, because hey, they won a championship last year. Um, Boston should have won that game last night, and yes. they didn't. Uh, clearly, the Bucks showed championship medal, tightening the grip on defense last night. Jay Crowder was nothing short of fantastic. Antetokounmpo was fantastic. Maybe the Celtics, despite all their talent, and I think their roster is as good, if not better, honestly, than the Bucks. Maybe they just are not ready yet. Yeah. You pointed out something to me. At the end of the game, they started celebrating, essentially. About two minutes to go. If you look when they take a six-point lead, look at their bench, and you have guys ready to just kind of pour off. They're having to hold each other back. Yep. The entire the, the bench, the team, the entire the entire TD Garden. Is that what it is now, TD Garden? Yep. Okay. I forget. I, the corporate sponsors, sometimes they change too fast. They thought they had that game won, and, uh, and they didn't, as it turned out. But the NBA has a long and distinguished history of eventual champions having to get slapped down a little bit before they can emerge. Look at Milwaukee two years ago in the bubble. Look at the Bulls with Michael Jordan. Look at the Avalanche. Milwaukee had had to get knocked down a peg before they became this team that was capable of doing this. And oh, by the way, doing this without Chris Milton in the lineup still. Well... The saying goes at the old Boston Garden when the Celtics won, 
after every win, Red Arbach would light his ceremonial cigar. Well, Red, who is somewhere up there, choked on it, just like his team. Because this series should be over. I thought you were going to say that the uh, the deer with its antlers gored the leprechaun. No, I was not going to say that. That didn't even <laughs> dawn on me, actually. Uh, the, this series should be over. The Celtics should be moving on, and they choked away a couple of games. And I don't want to take anything away from the Bucks because last night the Bucks won the game. They won the game, but it never should have happened that way. Well, the thi- you can tell by their mindset that they're celebrating with two minutes left. How often have we talked about the Bucks on this show this year, and I've said this is team load management. This is a team that all season long was kind of basically pacing itself. But to their credit, they knew they know, as a lot of championship teams do, know when to dig down and how to dig down. This not this would not have happened against the Warriors, and I'll tell you why. Because they have championship medal too. The Boston Celtics proved last night they aren't mature enough to win a title this year. They might, and I certainly think they have the talent, but when you are celebrating, when you're jumping up and down, and the game's not over yet, your mindset is already, what are we doing after the game? Instead of thinking what the Bucks were thinking, how are we getting back into this? I mean, what was it? The Bucks ended the game on, I believe, an 11-2 run? There you go. Incredible clutch defense by Drew Holiday last night on the uh, final two plays. Tremendous. Um, Can I point something else out? Th- sure. This is this is why this guy is so good. Because you have so many cocky NBA players who would have taken the ball and swatted it out of bounds. Right? Because they they want to have the big play and have a big play on Sports Center. Swat it out of bounds. I'm going to make a statement. What did he do? He didn't swat it out of bounds. He caught it and stayed in bounds, and they retained possession. That is smart basketball. That is championship metal. Just in case you missed it, Darcy Kemper, a full participant in Avalanche practice today, and he has been cleared to play in game one. Let's do a little role play on this uh, Thursday afternoon here. If Kemper says he's ready to play and you're Jared Bednar, are you starting him in game one, or are you giving him an extra day or two to recover? He's re- if he's, he's ready, ready to ready. go, play him. Well, here's the thing. Bednar can see the swelling in his eye going down. If it's a scene out of Rocky where it's, come on, Mick, then clearly he's not going to be playing. Apparently, his vision has not been... Um, his vision is not going to be a problem because I'm sure the doctors have checked that out. It's just the swelling needs to go down. There's no reason not to start him if he, say he could, if he says he can start. I don't think that Kemper would jeopardize playing with one eye, knowing the focus, excuse the pun, of what the Avs have to win a title. We'll keep it with uh, goaltending in the NHL. Uh, Just in case you missed it, facing elimination this evening, the Minnesota Wild will start Cam Talbot over Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 6 in St. Louis. Uh, Talbot has yet to play in this series what do you think of this strategy by Wild Coach Dean Evason? Not the first time Mark Andre Fleury has been pulled from a playoff game. It's true. Not the first time. It just it does certainly feel like a kind of you know pushing buttons here to to, to try to get it's something. A panic move. It's, it's a panic. It's a panic move, and I don't think it's necessarily gonna uh, gonna work out tonight um, for the uh, for the Wild against. I don't the want Blues. it to work out. Cause I'd rather than play the Blues. Well, of course, I think it's a better matchup. Yeah. Of course, of course, the Avs would rather see the Blues. It doesn't mean the Blues aren't a tough matchup, right? But 
I think I think with the Blues, it's a tough six-game series, whereas with the Wild, I think because of the way they can muck it up, I think the Wild might be pretty close to a coin flip. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. You can't do that at the big box stores. But what I really love about them, besides the fact that they have everything that you could possibly want when it comes to appliances, their sales staff has been there for decades. Not some kid who just graduated college and is looking for a job. For these people, it is a career. And those are the type of people that you want to work with when you're making a purchase like that. They're going to ask you the right questions to get you what you want and what you need. Unlike the big box stores, where let's be honest, a lot of these kids could not tell you what a lot of these appliances could do in the store that they work in. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Do you have some an update? Yeah, there's Save it. Okay. Yeah, it's called a tease. Yeah, we'll talk well, about Well, why don't you tease it? We'll talk more about uh, Jerry Judy, some more of the uh of the details coming out from the Arapahoe County uh, Sheriff. We're going to get into those and uh, what it could mean for the charges he faces on the other side. And also more schedule stuff because more stuff has been leaked.